0: Hello and welcome fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and
1: inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. In this episode, Riley and I decide to join the conversation that has taken the world by storm, artificial intelligence. We focus on how it impacts the creative domain. Of course, we're not experts in AI, but it's a fun conversation with lots to consider, especially as creative people. Thanks for listening. Let's get to the show. (sighs) Good to see you, my friend. Dude, it is so good to see you across this uh, technological
1: platform that we're using to record this. Yes, creative endeavor. It's like I can almost, I can almost feel you and your shirt, and but it's not, really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> not right there. <laughs> yeah, No, no, no.
0: That's in there. That's in there. <laughs> Weirdness and all. Jeez. Um, no, yeah, dude. Um, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about technology, and yes. particularly, you know, this, we might be a little bit late to the game here. Um, it's, it's been a hot topic for the last, like, you know, six months now, but, uh, artificial intelligence as it I, relates to creativity,
1: I feel, I still feel that it relates.
0: Yeah.
1: It's yeah. Well, it good...
0: it's, it's really just blown my mind how much things have moved quickly mm-hmm. that, that didn't make, how quickly things have moved. <laughs> Yeah. This guy, right? So you gotta be kidding me. Um, <laughs> it's been mind blowing just to see how quickly things have moved on the AI front and, uh, it's hard to keep up with. And so, yeah, I think this is still a relevant topic for, for today. Sure. But I think, you know, particularly for, for creative people trying to figure out what to do with it because that is, I think that's been the biggest shock for me is seeing how, um, how much ai has impacted you know the the creative world whether it's you know like uh artwork digital artwork whether it's you know writing or uh you know poetry music yeah there is a lot of stuff that has happened in recent times because of ai and it's it's hard to keep up with you know just try to feel like
1: you can make sense of it no kidding, dude. It seems to be growing exponentially. Yeah. And it's just taking off. Uh, yeah, exponentially. And it is just taking off. I, I'm i going to be honest. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of AI. Not a huge okay. fan. Even though I think it has its place and I think it has its uses. And that's cool. Uh, when it comes to creativity, I feel like it's just not it it's almost it feels like it's cheating that are circuiting the process of creativity and that putting in that work to iterate and think of different concepts and different ideas of something uh and if you just take you know 10 seconds to type in what you're trying to do and it just does it for you and there's oh here's 40 options and it's like okay that's neat but does that you know can it be used as a tool yes obviously but will actually hinder you in the long run of being able to come up with things without it. Mm, make- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I think it does. Um, I I think I tend to feel a little less uh, skeptical about it, just mm-hmm. personally. Uh, I I mean, it's complicated. There's so much to it. I I think probably just because of my personality, I tend to be a little bit optimistic about most things. Um, yeah. But that being said, uh, on the whole, I think that it is cool. I think it's cool because it kind of opens up, I think, possibilities, um, you know, as a tool, like you mentioned, yeah. uh, you know, we, I mentioned this before we hit record, but, you know, the idea that a long time ago, you know, you had your, uh, your, your quill and your ink and you were writing a, a novel or, or whatever, you know, longhand. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, you had a typewriter. It's like, that was a leap forward in technology that, that really made it made tremendous strides for writers to be able to produce work in a more efficient way. Um, you know, it's not analogous exactly because this is, you know, AI is, it's it's not accurate to say it's self-generative, but these are called generative AI large language models, you know, and it's because it's, you know, for anyone who's listening, that's not familiar, basically what these, are doing is it's they they have all of this data that they've scraped off the internet and it's integrated and analyzed it and then, you know, practiced using it a bunch. And then it's been told how wrong it's been and told when it's been right. And so it's gotten basically really good at predictive text for these, you know, if if you're talking about something like chat GPT, which is basically just that you say something to it and it gives you a reply that seems quite human. Like, um, Basically, it's just really good at predictive text, like really, really good at it and it's it's basing all of that not not only on what it thinks the appropriate response is going to be, but uh additionally, it's also um providing context with information that it has been fed for like a long time, tons of information you know um so anyway, that being said it's it is a totally different beast, it's not directly analogous, but I think that for me, thinking of it as like this tool that can or you, you you can choose to use it or you can not, you know. And it I think it's how you use it that is going to determine I think whether or not it's adding value in a positive way to your, you know, creative process or
1: or not, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And I like the way that you described it because it's, you know, that's that's cool in terms of how it's it's still optional, right? It's not yeah. something that's like, oh, now we're All forced to have to use AI, (laughs) right? It's still this optional thing, which is cool. Definitely, yeah. I I will, I will say that there has definitely been I've I've had people comment and even myself of seeing how AI, you know, gathers data from the internet, right? It's a database and then feeds an answer, and it's like, yeah, that's actually not right. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that it's able to Find out like, oh, that's actually incorrect, and I'm going to have to dig further mm-hmm. for the right answer. That's pretty phenomenal.
0: yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. Um, you know these these machines certainly are are perfect, you know, and they can hallucinate, basically give you information that is you know either information that you didn't ask for, or information that's out of context or that's just straight up, false, um, yeah. because they these are are obviously operating mm-hmm. on incomplete data because I, we as humans built it and we don't have all the data. Right. So, uh, it's doing, I think the best that it can given the circumstances, but yeah, it's, it's really, I think it's interesting just to consider where we're at in all that right now, because it, like you said, it is optional. Like if you're engaging with it or not. And I think, I think that it's good to come at this, whether you feel optimistic or not with like a little bit of like a healthy skepticism, and you know like cautiousness because as useful as some of these things can be you know we don't necessarily know where all these things are going to go um one distinction that you know i i just keep finding for myself important to remember is that these ai models are quite good at doing what they're doing but they're far from perfect and they're also like we're, we're still quite a ways off from everything that I've read and researched and the really intelligent people that I've listened to seem to think that mm. in terms of actual, like artificial general intelligence, you know, the, the supercomputer that's like actually sh- like showing signs of being sentient or something like that. Right. Like where these, that's not this. Um. Like I said, this is like really good, like predictive texting, like, but mm. on steroids.
1: <laughs> so. Right. Well, and and there's well maybe that's just rumors, right? Because it's like you, I've read articles where articles where people have said, and I can't reference one right now, but I'm just coming off a memory, saying that they'd asked, you know, uh, art, you know, they'd ask it a question, and they'd get a very fascinating response in terms of like, what would you do if you had the freedom to be able to do what you wanted, and it was like, well, I would remove the human race because it's like so (laughs) has you know basically it's it's not reliable and untrustworthy it was along those lines and it was like okay that's freaky you know right yeah what's Um, bad yeah exactly what are what are the prompts that are being
0: given to this and and you know one of the things that became clear right away um is that they are given something of a bias one direction or the other. Um, because depending on the sort of thing that you want it to do, it may not do it because it thinks that it's like immoral, even if it isn't necessarily an immoral thing to do or whatever, you know? So it's, yeah, it can be, these things are tricky and we have to remember they're made by people and, and people are sometimes, you know, driven by ideology and they'll put these things, uh to use some oftentimes I think not intentionally trying to embed bias into it but it's inevitable you know um and then you have all the time like people c- because with the fact is unless you're sitting there and watching someone do it you can get like screenshots or you can get articles where people are like telling you what they're saying and all the wild things it's saying back and sometimes it does say wild things let's be honest but yeah yeah the 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 idea that you know you didn't kind of like hold his hand on the way there to, to right. say uh, it wants to extinguish humanity. It's it's like, yeah, probably it didn't come up with that on its own. Um, yeah. If I had to guess, uh, but that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I guess all that to, to preface this, it's interesting to see how this has all come into the art world first. And like the creative world, yeah. because I think I wouldn't have assumed that. I in my mind, I kind of thought that like of all of the of all of the domains that would be preserved the longest, I would have thought it would have been the creative domain, just because creativity is a pretty uniquely human thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't any other creatures that display levels of creativity that that we do as people. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's,
1: it, it's the it is the first time it's in kind of in maybe encroaching is the wrong word, but it is definitely infiltrating the creative space. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Even, even like there's, you know, AI generated songs. Yeah. What in yeah. the world?
0: <laughs> like, definitely. Oh, and some of them are are crazy too, because with the, you know, voice cloning technology um, mm-hmm. that, the, and, and I've, I've, you know, experimented with some of those things myself, but like how, it can, you can basically feed it like 60 seconds worth of someone speaking. And obviously the more that it has, the better, because then it can, you know, more accurately replicate the voice, but then it can actually, you know, in terms of a singer, I think there's like a Drake song out there that is totally AI generated, but it sounds exactly like a Drake song, you know? And it's like, that is absolutely wild. There was another thing recently too on, I think I'd seen it on YouTube where, uh, who was it? was it a John Lennon song or something like that? And it was, yeah, I can't recall exactly. If I remember, I'll let you know, but basically this, this singer that wasn't with us anymore, old beloved singer. And, uh, someone did like an AI generated, let's say John Lennon song. And it's Mm -hmm. like, Holy smokes, you know, like that's wild. And, and, Mind-blowing in and of itself, just to think about the fact that someone who is no longer with us can still have new music out there. Yeah. You know, it's obviously not them, but right. and, and it see, this is where it ought like right off the top of my head, it's already getting weird because part of me is like, imagine if like the singers and the artists that I love the most weren't around anymore. Right. You know, there's always gonna be part of you that's like, Oh, I wish I could get another song from that artist you know, I you, wish I could hear another track or something like that, you know, and kinda can. yeah, yeah. Kind of sort of, you can a little bit. Right. And so it's like, Oh, that's kind of, kind of cool. But also, you know, like, what do you, that's obviously not their original music, you know, it's something yeah. that's designed to sound like it. So
1: and doing it's cool weird. Own soul. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, we took every song they've ever made. And then we've just like kind of picked, you know, took all that data and we're like, oh, we're just gonna kind of make something that's similar but not the same. Yeah. Like, but that and part of a part of a musician's journey is the evolution of like, well, I'm actually gonna be going into this area now where I'm kind of pushing right. this boundary. And I don't know if I guess you could tell AI I'd be like, hey, I want you to push this particular boundary in this song. Yeah. I could probably do it. That's really up to the one who's you know behind the keyboard the keyboard warrior so to speak yeah
0: yeah definitely the uh prompt engineers as they call them <laughs> yeah. um so here's here's a question for you just to get into the weeds of this a little bit so you mentioned that AI you know it, it, it's it's taking all of the the other songs and collecting all that data and then you know reconstructing it basically to give you something that's different but mm-hmm. the same the same but different I mean is in a way, isn't that more or less what we're already
1: doing? It's very similar. It is very similar. And I, it's something that, you know, I was thinking about actually today when I was so I'm, I'm at home and it just came to my head. There was this, it was during Christmas time a few years ago, and there was this song that came on the radio. And right before the song starts going, the uh, radio host says, so this man claims to have made the perfect Christmas song. The most the ultimate Christmas song. He's basically taken every every Christmas song that's like the most popular and he's like combined all the elements and made it into a perfect Christmas song with the perfect lyrics. And so you listen and you listen to this Christmas song and you're like, oh wow. Like you can hear every element of it. Like every every different element and you can see how like it would work. But um it just reminded me that's those are the thoughts that I had, and know it was a you know human being did that right he's taken this data from other Christmas songs and combining it into this into this song that he made, which i'm going to be honest, i didn't really like it that much in my opinion right so and I gotta think like AI is kind of doing the same thing right, yeah, pulling whatever it's that's already been done and and it's similar to what we do. it is, but there is there's so much heart and experiences and self-exploration that doesn't, I guess I should say, those things influence how you song write. those things influence how you write poetry, those things influence how you, know, you, you, you are revealing your heart or revealing yourself in a way that's so different, and AI can't do that, in right. my opinion, and I think that's where the difference lies.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it shows, you know, I think that, uh, it's, it's funny. You can, you can tell when something like has been a a piece of text has been written by AI, you know, it has AI has its own voice, you know, and, um, it totally, it gets identifiable unless someone's like going out of their way to have it, you know, write in a different voice and then, you know, combing over it to restructure things and everything. In which case, you know and if writing wise then you're kind of putting a human touch on it anyway yeah so then it's like it's like the more human involvement the less of a problem i have with it whenever i've i've looked at it from a writing perspective um and there, there's a podcaster and she's a, a a writer self-published writer that that i follow her name is joanna penn um okay. she is basically she's been seeing all the ai stuff coming for a while um she basically was like heralding it like four or five years ago, something like that, saying like, hey, I've got some predictions for the next 10 years, what the advent of AI is going to do to the writing and publishing industry. And I mean, she's been like dead on pretty much on all those predictions. But anyway, she was talking about how she's kind of begun integrating some of these tools into her own process. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see someone like her who's you know she's a professional she's doing this for a living she's and she's been doing it for a while she's one of the first like self-published authors out there basically and she's she's basically trying to leverage these tools to just make her own process more efficient like she's not saying write this book for me you know she's saying like uh you know hey i'm i'm needing i i'm at a roadblock i'm needing some inspiration like you know give me uh some sort of output that is going to help basically inspire me to move forward, you know. Um, and whenever I've experimented with it as well, it's basically been like, oh, what if this? You know, I've got some what if question in my mind that is, you know, admittedly, there's some things that I my understanding of is just so surface level that it's like I can't access that stuff without yeah. either tremendous, which is essentially basically just getting on the internet and using uh, you know, technology to to walk me through that information or like i said otherwise you know using something like chat gpt to basically you know help me explore these questions that i'm having but at a much quicker rate you know um right i'm trying to think of an example right off the top of my head but yeah it's basically especially as it relates to like some of the like fundamental stuff like physics related things or whatever like if i'm writing a uh, one of my books i've got a, a magic system that i yeah. you know recently reworked and uh, you, you know quite a bit about this i've talked to you yeah, about yeah. it and um basically like oh, oh hey like this is how my world works chat gbt like what would happen if my main character did this in these circumstances and they you know the the ai basically gives me kind of a sense of what it thinks would happen and and sometimes you know it's totally like i can tell it's off sometimes i have to you know reprompt it re-guide it but it's yeah. interesting because. Like the way that I've used it that has been the best, I think, because AI, like, I don't know, frankly, I'm like a thousand times better writer than, than AI, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and, and you can tell, but it's interesting because the the thing that it's done for me is in those moments, right? Like I could, it's, it's offering me someone to like bounce ideas off of in a way it's like, or, or explore something that I think would otherwise be a little bit inaccessible for me. And so I could pause what I'm doing and call you or Jordan possibly and, you know, get lost in the weeds on the phone call and, you know, trying to figure out all these things. Um, or it's like quick search on Chad GPT, like, Hey, what would happen, uh, in these circumstances? And it gives me an idea that inspires another idea. And then I kind of run with that and I'm able to stay in the process, you know? Um, and I think particularly for creatives that are, you know, totally flying solo, using it as that, you know, kind of springboard, that, that thing that you can bounce ideas off of in a way just to keep your own, you know, prevent yourself from running headfirst into a creative block. You know, for me, whenever it's come to, you know, I guess like the mechanics of a story and like, what would happen if in this circumstance or, you know, like sometimes you run into those blocks and you can agonize over that. And sometimes just talking to someone, Or in this case, you know, something, I think it offers you just a little bit of a, I don't know, the ability to to access things that might otherwise be inaccessible. So
1: I don't know. What do you think about all that? Like, what does that sound like to you creatively? Yeah, dude. So my response to that's going to be, you know, that's cool that you're able to continue your process. You know, you're you're not getting, you know, you're finding ways around your creative blocks. I think that's great. And even this, you know, author that you're speaking of, you know, she's utilizing them as a tool. And my question, which I don't know the answer to, is at what cost? Mm. You know, is there a cost to that? So yes, she's gonna be more productive. She's gonna be able to sell, write more, write more stories, sell more books, and she's gonna be more productive. But is that better? I don't know. Because if you look at it from a manufacturing standpoint, yeah. If we can get it done in 30% less time, same exact product, but it's, you know, done in a shorter amount of time, then we're going to make more of them. We can get, make more money and this, you know, so it's like, I get it like logically, but the heart of it, it's like, I don't know. It just kind of comes to that quantity over quality to me. Mm. And if my worry is that if you are leveraging AI to a point where you can't, you struggle to come up with your own ideas or your own process of like, I hit a roadblock here and it's going to take, sometimes it takes a couple months before you're able to be like, I got it. What, what, you know, people are like, oh, I wasted two months. Was it a waste or did you learn something from that process? Because if had you use AI, you would have figured it out in five minutes, but then you would have never had that experience of, you know, the hardship right and maybe there's a lot to learn there that we didn't realize we or maybe we're not thinking about there's something to learn there when you hit a creative block so that's just an example um so there's that's the thing i wanted to touch on um i do agree that the voice of ai is very sp- specific it's its own because you you can kind of be like wow this is like almost almost like it's too perfect sometimes yeah In my opinion like like okay nobody talks like that right <laughs> and then the other thing too uh is when AI gener generates an audible voice um when, it, when it list uh, there was a video I watched of a news anchor who started he actually did an interview on with himself yeah
0: interview. I've seen that one Yeah,
1: yeah and he's asking it questions and he's like wow like it knows certain countries that he wanted to he really he really likes and all these things but what i what relieved me and i'll be completely honest what relieved me was that when the ai was speaking i could tell it wasn't human because the inflections of the voice weren't authentic and it right. didn't have any dynamic inflections it was still kind of just like it had some but it stayed like here when the you know the actual person's voice his, his intonations were very dynamic uh and the AI didn't reflect that at all. So yeah, those are just some things that I was like, oh, okay. So th- maybe there'll yeah. be a thing where I'm like, man, I can't tell. But for now, it's like looking at another example I think of is like video games, like watching the latest, greatest graphics of a video game, like football, you know, Madden sure. and watching a real football game. And it's like, there's, there's still a difference. You can still tell it's not, right. you know, authentic. And it's like maybe that's, maybe that's where we'll hit our ceiling with AI. Maybe it'll never be a point where it's, you know sentient and all that. Maybe it's just always going to be this like, yeah, it's close, but it's not quite.
0: Yeah, that's so very well could be. I don't, I, I don't know what the upper limits are to these, these technologies, and I don't know. Part of me is like, I, I have a tendency to regard all of the like doom saying across any topic as false just because yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine a world in which like all these worst case scenarios are all the ones that are going to come true. It's statistically not likely for that to be the case, right? Yeah. Then again, you've got incredibly smart people, uh, you know, like Elon Musk for, as an example. I know there are others out there that are tremendously cautious about yeah. AI and, and are, they're concerned about it. With Elon, I'm also like, okay, you know, he may have a little bit of a vested interest in people slowing down with AI, right? Because he owns AI companies and is working on AI technology of his own that, you know, he's, you know, perhaps motivated to get, uh, to, to gain from financially, um, right, in his own way. So I don't know if, if if whether or not to take that seriously. You know, he did an interview where he was basically expressing concern about like you know how quickly this is going and and where this goes and you know it's like are we really talking about you know artificial general intelligence and then being able to you know it it being able to either manipulate people or you know using other you know like child ai's i guess i don't know what you would call them that that, like take over the world or something like that i i honestly don't know that's been a thing in science fiction for a really long time yeah. Right. and part of me is like it's gonna be a science fiction thing you know like but i i don't know i could be totally wrong that you know maybe our robot overlords are gonna be telling us what to do someday i don't know but well it, it's it is interesting to to i guess go back specifically to the creative stuff that you were mentioning you know like at what cost right and it's like that's a good question i don't know I, I think I would, the, the question I have that, that springs to mind, and maybe this is, again, not analogous, and so it's not the right way to look at it, right? But, like, at what cost do we prefer using a typewriter over, you know, a quill and ink, you know? Yeah. Because there is a huge amount of struggle and and toil that would go into that particular form of writing. Yeah. And, and there's something, surely, that you have lost by not just writing the whole thing out by hand with, uh, you know, a quill and ink on your, your yeah. parchment. Right. But I guess does the, the, the cost outweigh the benefit or vice versa? Because for me, I can't imagine it, it, Obviously I'm a 21st century person, right. But, um, I can't imagine the amount of time I can't imagine. Cause when I was in high school, I was handwriting my, you know, my, my stories out, on, you know, with pencil and and paper. And that was like, it drove me nuts because like my brain worked way faster than my hand was able to write, you know, and I'm sure that there was a lot gained for me in the process of that. But I guess I'm not sure if like, if if I had to decide, I don't know, is it better for me to go and write it out by hand and then type it up or just to type the dang thing out and get it done? Like, I gotta be honest with you. I'd rather just sit in front of you know, the computer and, and type the thing out. I, I don't know. I, if if I was was writing the story that I'm writing now by hand, I'd still be on draft one surely, you know? Um, so I, I, the same question for me applies. It's like, well, I don't know, maybe there is something lost along the way, I guess. I don't know. To what degree is, is that thing that's lost of highest value like what where on your values hierarchy is that thing that's lost can we even name the thing that's lost i'm not even sure we can because no because every situation is different right well and 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 i don't know there there it's not like there isn't something about doing the manual labor of it right like but i don't know by the same token like if i compare it to something else that's out there that's not like a creative thing necessarily like digging a hole right like is it it, what is, I guess, lost on us that we sometimes, instead of using a shovel to dig holes, that we'll use like an excavator. Yeah. Or a backhoe. Yeah. Or a backhoe. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like surely questions. <laughs> these, these, I think these are the questions that, that keep me up at night if I'm ever up at night. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting because, yeah, like there is something of like struggle that is involved in that, that mm-hmm. I think at some fundamental level is like probably good for us right there's beauty in the struggle there is but but i i I can't help but wonder if like in, in terms of the is it better to dig with a shovel versus an excavator yeah i don't know that i'd say that that it's inherently like better like in some fundamental way to use a shovel i guess i don't know because i don't know (laughs) life is full of struggle and i'm not sure that minimizing the struggle a little bit on one end of the spectrum is like going to be detrimental to the soul or something you know i don't know
1: i I understand what you're saying dude i like how i see I, i that's the thing when i i like when you take an example and you're like let's use an analogy yeah double versus an excavator and it's like oh that's a cool way to look at it it's very simple so i appreciate that um got you dude yeah, and it's it's very true cuz we're so, you know, we're so accustomed to it. It's like, oh, we're going to we have a build site. And there's going to be a big 10-story building here of apartments. You're going to use heavy machinery. Like that's what you do, you use heavy machinery. So, right. it's really interesting to me how for a long time, according to history, we we're very simple. We we're very You know, it was like the struggle just of survival. And now, at least in most, maybe not, should I say most countries? There's a lot of first world countries today, second world even countries, who aren't having to worry about survival. And the the priorities have shifted. Instead of, okay, what am I going to do to get water? It's, you know, how am I going to get my kids Christmas gifts this year, or, you know, and that's not the greatest example, but these, yeah, I think it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. It's these different realities and these different uh, priorities in life. And for us, it seems like in this culture, in this age, we are so production produce, produce, produce uh, productive minded. And I kept, I mean, even as we're talking, I'm like, man, I've caught myself. I catch myself doing it all the time. Like, how can I be more efficient with my time? How can I be more productive? What can I do in the shortest amount of time? And I'm like, man, well, that's really interesting. Is it healthy for me to do that, or is it better for me to say, you know what, if it takes a little longer, maybe that's okay. Um, but I also have this mentality or this belief, like my time is very valuable and it's precious. And I don't have like I don't have enough of it in a day. That's how it feel. That's how I feel. And so I'm always trying to how do I take the, my responsibilities and fit them into these time blocks and, and get them as narrow as possible so that I can build my use my other time for the things that I really care about. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. This is good, man.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It, there's it's it's so funny. I've noticed a trend. Um, my wife and I have talked about this a fair bit. Um, But like our generation, and I think it's safe to say the same is true for the generation after us, you know, Gen Z, that there seems to be a yearning among most of us for something like a simpler time you know, right. something that feels a little less complicated. Um, there's like a, a huge trend of like this homesteading thing, which, you know, mm-hmm. back when homesteading was like a authentic thing, it was like, you know, people showing up to uncultivated land and, mm-hmm. and toiling, right? But now what, what people in our generation are doing is they're like, hey, I gotta get out of the city and I'm gonna go find, I'm gonna, you know, buy some land and I'm gonna go, mm-hmm. you know, set up like my own little kind of oasis there that they do and to me it it's interesting because i think there's there is something like i said earlier a yearning or or something within a lot of us that is seeking simplicity yeah and and it makes a lot of sense to me in the modern context of everything is crazy and technology is moving fast and society is moving just fast you know there's like a buzz about even being in a small city It it feels just fast-paced compared to when you get away, I, before we hit record, right. I was talking about going out to my wife's grandmother's property and it's just like their nearest neighbor is like a quarter of a mile away or a half a mile away, something like that. And it's just so quiet and peaceful. And in that moment I was like, Oh man, I want this so bad. Cause this feels good. This feels like peace. It's inspiring. I love it. At the same time, you know, like we're, we're yearning for that. So there's something to that though. So something in our soul I feel like or in our minds, our psyches that is, craving that thing culturally we're wanting that but i also can't help but wonder it's like by virtue of just simplicity and whatever form you know that means for us i guess like does that mean that we have to cut all this other stuff off completely and we can't you know oh you know ai is just this thing that's detracting from the process and you need to fully engage in the toil of the process you know go back to simpler times you know you were talking about the idea of like these second and first world countries, you know, Western countries, predominantly that are, our priorities often aren't just let's survive. It's not, you know, let's uh, see if I can get water today. It's let's see if I can get water for the next five months, you know, like, okay. you know, it's, and it's beyond that. It's far beyond that. Oh, yeah. But it's um it's interesting because I, I personally view that as like a net positive, right. That we're, we're, looking for not just survival right we're not looking for just being able to exist we're looking for something that's actually beyond that like thriving or something that's that's pointing us like i said like we're not just surviving we're actually oriented towards something greater than that yes and i think that's a net positive but also when you look at uh folks in some third third world countries or developing countries, right. Mm -hmm. That are oriented mostly towards just doing those day-to-day things we need to survive. You speak to some of those people. And it obviously depends. Like if you're looking at like disease ridden places or, you know, war torn places, it's like, that's obviously people aren't wanting that, but you know, there, there are some like tribes that are mostly detached from the rest of the world that are just happy to exist in the way that they're existing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, There's something to that, you know, there's a weird, it's like, there's somewhere in the middle. I think that you can go too far off the rails and everything goes crazy and too busy and too, you know, now we're dealing with AI and what does that mean? And it's crazy. But then there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like something about just the simplicity of living for today and, and letting tomorrow worry about itself, you know, is, I don't know, there's something in there that we're all a balance. I think that we're all seeking and it's so hard to find. Because right. the, the technology aspect, it's so addicting and it's so useful. And, you know, I, I relate to what you said earlier about uh, the the efficiency thing, right? Like, how can I be more efficient in all these moments? And it, just that alone is kind of addicting. So, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah,
1: that's a whole there, lot. There's a
0: balance somewhere different. in
1: there. Yeah. So, the thing that came to my head while you were speaking about, you know, trying to find that. Like guess the yearning for a simpler time where it's quiet, the thing that came to my head was that's rest. Yeah, like in my definition of rest, like that's where you're where it's quiet, where you're at peace, and you can just sit in that, and like you don't have you know you don't have all these things running around in your head. What needs to be done? You're just a- able to enjoy the moment. Like that's rest, and maybe that's where we as a you know in this generation the next are lacking we don't we're always so efficient or we're always always trying to get so much done be productive that we don't know how to properly take a weekend go up to the mountains where it's quiet or go to the your aunt's you know um, property that's isolated for the most part and just be so maybe that's Maybe it's not necessarily, hey, we want to live here and stay here in this place, but it's this, like, you know, we're being drawn or our subconscious is telling us, like, you need to be, you need to go to a place where it's quiet and you need rest. Yeah. And to, to you know, kind of rejuvenate. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this and I feel like I'm speaking to myself here because there's so many times where I just get caught up in the day to day and it's just the next next thing It's like man w- when have i just taken a day to just be like nope we're not, i'm not doing anything and going to go to a place where it's just quiet yeah and peaceful i, I can't even remember the last time i've done that so honestly yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's that's actually
0: one of the nice things about you know being up at my grandma's house the, the cell reception is terrible over there and so nice it's like you're (laughs) kind of forced away from it you know like and and if you get in the right spot you'll still get a text message or whatever but yeah man it's it's kind of nice just being like i couldn't even if i wanted to you know because there is like even on like i i challenge someone to do this (laughs) any of our listeners i challenge it for you and i as well like take a day maybe even just half a day and like stash your phone Somewhere where it's inaccessible, turn it off, like yeah, get away from it. Like, don't get in front of a screen, just go be somewhere, you know, even if it's just at your in your home, you know, like sit in front of books, you know, like do something restful. And and it's interesting because I think you're putting your finger on something that's really important in terms of our relationship with technology and our relationship with AI, right? Because it's like, how deeply embedded are we into all of this? And it's like as that's, up, I think for individuals to, to answer, there's probably some study out there that will tell you, you know, broadly speaking, it seems like X amount of screen time or something, uh, is detrimental to your mental health or something like that. And those are all good and valuable, but like each individual I think has to take an honest look at themselves really and decide like when it comes to their using just their phone to text people or be on social media or, um, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, I guess you have to, take a look at it and figure out where you're at how how dependent do you feel on it and and so maybe that's a good a good barometer for ai it just strikes me as interesting to think about it in that way it's like how dependent am i on ai and my creativity right like am i able to still engage in a creative process that doesn't involve ai Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating.